Hi. On this episode of Real Time Truth, we're going to talk about what will we do in heaven? You know, some have said heaven's going to be like boring, you know, like playing a harp on a cloud forever or like one long church service. You ever been in one of those you thought would never end? Folks, I want to tell you something. It's not going to be, it's not going to be anything like that at all. Hope you'll join us this episode, What We'll Be Doing in Heaven. Welcome to another episode of Real Time Truth, where in 19 minutes you're going to hear a biblical perspective on things you deal with every day in your home, church, community, and in the surrounding culture. I'm Matthew McNeil. I'm Pastor Kevin Brown. Thanks for joining us. Now, last week, if you tuned in, we we kind of dispelled the myth, and uh, this is going to hit your heart if you haven't already watched that episode and you already believe this, but we kind of dispelled the myth that our loved ones aren't really watching us from heaven. And so uh, tune into that podcast if that kind of sets you back a little bit. Uh, but there's some encouragement to be found there, okay? We're talking about confronting unbiblical doctrine for the sake of really growing. And so today, we're kind of piggybacking off of that episode and talking about, well, if they're not watching and keeping tabs on us from heaven, then what are they doing? Mm-hmm. And we'll go ahead. Yeah, th- this is an important consideration because, you know, as believers and followers of Jesus Christ, maybe not everyone watching or listening is. If you're not, we encourage you to, to consider what Jesus did for you and receive him by faith in your life, follow his teachings, his principles. But but, but the majority of us who are listening or watching purport to be Christians, perhaps. And so ultimately, you know, we're going to spend eternity in this place called heaven. So mm-hmm. if our loved ones aren't, as some old preachers say, looking over the balcony of heaven at us, okay, well, what are they doing right now? And what will we be doing for all eternity? It's a fair question. And there's this weird notion, and I have no idea where this comes from, except for maybe like really, really old <laughs> cartoons, maybe. But this is picture of everybody just with their own little harp, and it's always like one of those little bitty ones, you yeah. know. It's not one of those big, huge ones. And they're on their own little cloud, and yeah. that's just, and that's just, that's forever. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, and they're just kind of yawning in between strums. Yeah. Where does that come from? Yeah. You know, I, I think Satan loves to try to um, use whatever means that he can to get us into a place to where somehow or another he- the thought of heaven is, is tedium and boredom and what could we possibly do forever and ever and ever. And, you know, God forbid, Matthew, that it could be one long church service. If, if you've been in one of those that you thought would never end, I get it, I, even though I've been in services that, quite frankly, I wish would never end. Yeah, seriously. Um, so that's a good thing. But, mm-hmm. but I think that... Um, it's hard for us in our finite minds to grasp eternity. Yeah. And, and, and to think about doing something forever where there is no end. You think of the song Amazing Grace when we've been there 10,000 years bright shining as the sun. We've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. And we go, oh, that's great. But then in the back of our minds, we have this thought of, is it? Is it going to be really that great? I mean, won't we get tired of like being with one another and won't it get old? Yeah, but I I mean, can you imagine this? Can you imagine how, just think for a second, you don't have to imagine hard, all people that you have conflict with every day. Just think about that for a second. Mm. 
Mm. Now imagine never having conflict with anyone ever again because you are perfectly one. It's a beautiful thought. Wouldn't that be okay? Amen. And so, uh, so we're going to talk about that today. What will we be doing in heaven? And, and I'll go ahead and say this. If the notion of just, I mean, if the, if the notion of heaven just being an eternal worship service, being only about God is a little bit off-putting to you, I would say that it's because you're making heaven about yourself. Mm. And, uh, and what you'll see, I believe, by the end of this episode is that when we grasp we're going to grasp that heaven is not about us. Heaven is about God. And really, all of life is about God. It really is. And if we grasp it now, then it only makes perfect sense then. And so, but there's, it's, it's not, as we've got on, on our sign back here, it's not boring or tedious. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. Yeah. And so I think we're going to hit on that. And so you've got some scripture. Hit me whenever you want to share that because we kind of got a lot of different passages that we're kind of pulling from today. And if you have questions about some of these things, leave a comment for us because, I mean, like, I'm not going to hit every single passage of Scripture we've got in here. Kevin can show you there's a lot in here. And so this stuff is backed up by Scripture, but we're not going to hit all those for the sake of time. If you have a question, give us a shout, and we'll, we'll meet you, okay? We'll work with you. Yeah. Well, the, 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 I mean, I've got my Bible lying here. There's so many passages I could take us to, but, you know— as, as we think about heaven, as we, as we think about eternity and the eternal state, um, you know, there's a process of getting to that place. Yes. Um, and those are some of the things that we want to talk about. And, and, you know, really the next prophetic event that's going to happen on the timeline for, for those of us as followers of Christ is, is the rapture. Yes. And so, Matthew, why don't you kind of run through, again, we're going to kind of come at this. There's, there's different perspectives on, 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 all kinds of issues when it comes to end time issues. Mm-hmm. There, there's, and we don't want to go down a lot of rabbit tracks. So again, these are conversations that we can have for the theologians that's listening and watching it, perhaps another time. But why don't you give kind of a basic timeline of the next uh, chain of events that's going to happen? That's going to lead us to the eternal state. Sure. So the next, as Kevin just said, the next big event on God's timeline is the rapture, the great calling out of the church. Okay. That's not every saint ever. That's not all the Old Testament saints and everything. That's a different time coming, but we're talking about the calling out of the body of Christ, the church. And that'll happen at the rapture, whether you are dead or whether you are still walking this earth, you're all going to be, we're all going to be called up together. And then that will be immediately followed by a time of reward. Okay, First uh, Corinthians three talks about this, and so then after that time of reward, that will be followed by the marriage to the Lamb. Okay, that's when we are the bride. That's when and, and forever on throughout Scripture we are still referred to as the bride. But that's when essentially you think about bride, you think about a wedding, mm-hmm. and then after the wedding, she's you, know, you can still call her bride. Okay, I still refer to my wife as a bride still, yes. but at the same time though, I refer to her more as my wife. Yep. And so and that's what we will be. And yep. so following, just like after a regular wedding, there's a reception. After that heavenly wedding, there is the marriage supper of the Lamb, and so. That's all happening. You can kind of picture one timeline up here, the heavenly timeline. Same time down here is going on a period known as the tribulation. Okay, it's a seven-year span of time. And then after that time, Jesus comes back to earth, and he vanquishes all the people who are lost, who have survived the tribulation, because no lost person will enter the thousand-year reign that he's about to set up. 
But then once he sets that up, we come and we rule and we reign with him for a thousand years. Revelation 20 is very specific on that. And so for the all millennialists out there listening, uh, I don't see how you get around the Revelation 20 passages, a thousand years. And the fact that Satan's bound, he's not bound right now. Okay, if he is, he's bound to me. Okay, so he's not bound right now. And so the thousand year reign, it is coming and we get to reign with Christ. We get to really, really, really practice that whole passage, that phrase of being a king over which Jesus is a king. We are the kings of the king of kings. That's right. And so we get to really get to see it happen. And then comes the end of time where the last all enemies, all lost are judged at the great white throne of judgment. Every enemy is defeated. And then new heaven, new earth, new Jerusalem, and we step out of time. Yep. <laughs> time yep. is gone, yep. and we're in the eternal state. And so I want to, I guess, as we're kind of hitting those, I see two main things that I see there. I see rewards, mm-hmm. and I see authority. Yeah. That's what's coming mm-hmm. for the believer. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's think back to the Bible, the Scripture interprets Scripture. So let's think back to the beginning. In the beginning, God made Adam and he put him in a garden to mm-hmm. do what? To have dominion over it. Yep. Okay, so God's idea from the very beginning was that he would create someone in his own image. Mm-hmm. Image meaning that God is spirit, that we ultimately are spirit. We are. And, and these bodies are jars of clay that house our spirits. And they'll give up our spirits one day. Mm-hmm. If the Lord doesn't come back, then when I die, my spirit will leave my body. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And then we'll get new jars after and that. We'll get, exactly. <laughs> and we, we see that Adam was given authority and dominion over the earth, and then mm-hmm. Eve was, was joined uh, to him from him. And so so God desires for humanity to be dominion keepers. And so in heaven, this same uh, process will continue. Sometimes scholars call it the principle of continuity. Yeah, um, go into that. I, yeah. I like that I, that concept. Yeah, and, and I get it from a guy named uh, Randy Alcorn. He's written a really cool book on heaven. It's just called Heaven. It's really good. Uh, Randy's a, a leading uh, teacher on heaven. Uh, Dr. David Jeremiah has used his stuff. Robert Jeffress, Dr. Charles Stanley, um, Greg Laurie. A lot of, and, and it doesn't mean that it just because all these guys think the same way that that all the nuances of of a topic or you know say well I agree and and full 100% on, on these uh, areas, but th- there's a lot of, you know, really heady guys out there that understand this idea of the principle of continuity, and here's what it means. God's, God's will and God's design will not be thwarted. Mm-hmm. When God made everything in six days, at the end of each day, he said what? And it was good. Good. At the end of the sixth day, he said, and it was very good. Very good. And that's when he created the land animals and man, okay? So what happened? Sin. And so, okay, so does that mean that God's plan then is, is thrown away? It's discarded like a piece of paper or you blow your nose in a tissue and it's, no, no. It was good to begin with. Well, and let's and take a second and describe, okay, what are some principles, what are some descriptions of that time before sin, the descriptions of, I guess, what God had set up that he called good before sin came in and kind of broke things? Yeah, you know, people don't understand this or maybe um, even grasp this, but in Genesis chapter 2, Adam was told to work. Mm-hmm. 
And so work came before Genesis chapter 3. And if you know your Bible, Genesis 3 is the fall of man. Or it's when, when Adam and Eve sinned, took of the forbidden fruit and, and ate it, and sin came into, uh, into the world. So work existed, and it was good yes. before sin. So work is not a bad thing. Now, folks, understand something. Okay, work is hard. They call it going to work, not going to fun. But have you ever done something, and you finished a task, and you go, hey, like you, you cleaned up all the dishes, and you, you go... Oh, that smells good because everything, all that rotting stuff in the in the sink is gone now, and it's clean, and it smells lemony like flat, lim- lemony fresh, lemony fresh. Or you've, you know, I, I like to garden. I get and I get the garden in, and all the rows are lined off, and I've staked, and there's a little sign that says beans and corn, and you know the tomato plants are out with my little shields and so forth, and you know you feel good about it. Yeah. So work is a good thing. Now in heaven, Scripture describes in Revelation chapter 22, the last chapter in the Bible, is that we are going to serve the Lord. Now understand what that word means. The word in the Greek is latruo, Mm -hmm. and that word is synonymous. It can be translated serve. It can be translated as worship. How about that? We will worship the Lord for all eternity. We will serve the Lord for all eternity. Which you understand this. I mean, I was just reading the other day in... Oh, I'm blanking out on the passage of Scripture. You have to forgive me on this. But it says, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. That's in Psalm 29. Mm. Okay, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. It doesn't say praise the Lord in the beauty of holiness because mm-hmm. he praises an event. Worship is a life. Yes. And so when so it's not that hard to grasp when we look at forever yeah. that worship is just going to be the way that we carry out our lives, our eternal existence. Yes. And so and how will we do that? in submission and in service to the one. Yeah, and you think about the, the, the wonderment that it was for Adam to be in the garden and have all these animals that, that came to him and he had the privilege of naming them all. Mm-hmm. Um, and what a joy that was. And, and the animals were not afraid of him. He wasn't afraid of the animals. The fear and dread of man didn't come upon the animals until after they got off the ark in Genesis 9. So, but, but what a joy that that is. Now, people oftentimes they'll go, well, the Bible just, there's just not a lot in the Bible that talks about heaven. And, that, and that's why I think it's going to be boring and dull because there's just not anything there. Look, folks, there are there's plenty in the Bible that gives us hints about what heaven is going to be like. Let me give you some examples. Jesus resurrected from the dead, okay? He's in his glorified body in that he, I believe he passed through the walls of the upper room. Mm -hmm. The doors were locked for fear of the Jews and Jesus just appears. Jesus that same day, he appears to the Emmaus travelers and he's talking to them and he's breaking bread with them. He's gone. He's back in the upper room and everybody's there but Thomas. All that to say, God's glorified body is not limited by time or space. Mm -hmm. But but Jesus in appearing to the disciples in the upper room, they thought he was what? A ghost. ghost. And so what did he do? He ate. Think of that. In his glorified body, he ate. Now, we won't have to eat, I'm convinced, to exist in heaven. But think of that. Eating is such a cool thing. Eating is a joy. It is a joy. And so there'll be fruit that'll be being uh, uh, bared on uh, the the tree of life Mm -hmm. uh, that will be bearing crops of fruit uh, each month, the Bible describes in Revelation 22. And so 
All that to say, just just think of that. Think think of the the fact that we're going to be in bodies that will never hurt, never be in any pain, but but still, if we want to, we can eat. That, that's a beautiful thought. Now, think of this. Jesus, in so many of his kingdom parables, is speaking about authority. Mm-hmm. He's speaking on these. He's he's describing the idea that if you've been faithful in little, you'll be put in charge of much. And yep. the parable of the talents. You know, you turn it from from you know. In Matthew twenty-five, exactly. So, so we see that in Revelation twenty-one, when you're seeing the description of the New Jerusalem, the Bible says, "And the kings and the nations will come in and out of the city." So, there's that that phrase again: kings. That idea of nations, of people, we will come in and out of the city, the streets of gold, and so coming in and out of what, almost like a gathering place to come together, and maybe there will be communal times of of worship and 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 whatnot. Who, who knows how that that might look? But the idea that the universe itself is going to be open at large for us as his children, God's children, to have authority over and, and to have dominion over. And so to place us in positions of authority over, who knows, galaxies and eons of things. But real quick, though, what determines that. <laughs> what determines those rewards that I mentioned, which I tell you, it's such a beautiful picture. You go and read uh, Revelation 19, you get to see a little bit about like the bride being revealed and how her her adornment is the righteous deeds of the saints. I mean, that goes hand in hand, I believe, with what you read there in 1 Corinthians 3, mm-hmm. those rewards that we get because they're rewarded according to, and they're given authority according to what? Well, it's what we do here. And why don't you expound on that? It's what we do here matters, folks, because yes. what we do here translates into the eternal. Exactly. Now's not our time to rule. It's not about us, okay? And it will be easier to understand in the future that it's not about us still if we will get into our minds the servant's heart now. Mm-hmm. And so if you go and you read in First Corinthians 3, and it talks about the gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble, those being the types of eternal rewards that you will get one day. Revelation talks about a series of crowns that are available as well. But the wood, hay, and stubble, it's very clear that that is meant to just disappear in a puff of smoke because it will be tried by fire, as Paul says. And so you get to wondering, okay, so there are rewards that are eternal and there are rewards that are not what makes the distinction, what qualifies for one versus another. And I would encourage you to go and do a devotion in 1 Corinthians 13 because he talks about what what fuels those works is what determines whether they are eternal or not. Yeah. And he talks about love. He says, if I do these things with love, talking about agape love, God's love, which we can actually allow to run through us because of the spirit in us. And if we are submissive to that spirit, just like it says in Ephesians 5, then we can allow God's love, that incomprehensible, unconditional, amazing love to run through us from him to others and that the works that we do out of that love, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, it is worthy of reward. And in the same way, faithfulness in service now. Kevin already talked about the talents and the servants in Matthew 25. They were faithful. Jesus said, you were faithful with a little bit. One day I'm going to make you faithful with a lot more. And so that is the same way. And he's talking about authority So what determines the rewards we will get one day that will adorn the bride of Christ that we'll be able to 
to share with the Lord and be and be excited about being able to give to him that day. And then also the authority that we'll be able to have alongside him to just continue spreading his will for all eternity yeah. is determined now yes. by our service to him in agape love. It's a beautiful thought. And the last thought I have is... I can't wait one day. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll lay my crowns down. We'll have that reward station there in heaven uh, when we're receiving our rewards. But um, I look forward to hugging Jesus mm. and having him put his arms around me and me put my arms around him and putting my face to his face and whispering in his ear, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for all that you've done. To me, that's heaven. Yep. Heaven's where God is. Amen. And heaven is heaven because God is there. Amen. And so, well, this has been another episode of Real Time Truth. Thank you for tuning in. Again, if you if you ever have thoughts on things like this, we'd love to yeah. for you to reach out to us. And so you can do that through the comments on the YouTube. You can do that uh, in, a, in a several ways, reaching out to us by the church website here at Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. We'd love to hear from you. And so, again, thank you for tuning in. I'm Matthew McNeil. I'm Pastor Kevin Brown. Thanks for joining us. Take care.